What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho. I am the one armed madman. And from the badlands of southern Montana, it's Nolan5150. Nolan, how are we doing, my man? Uh, I'm doing all right. Just, uh, you know, dealing with pinched nerves and getting overworked, the typical typical blue-collar bullshit. Well, you're doing better than me. I had myself a hell <laughs> of a day today. So the the war the war with CWI continues to rage on. I, I, I had a small victory and then massive defeats across the board a couple different times this in the last week since we, we missed last week. So a lot's happened in that time. So, yeah, massive defeats. Um, I was able to I, – I came up with a plan. I was like, okay, so what I can do – my mouse is in the way. Um, I was like, what I can do is let's see if I can drop one of these classes and change my degree. And see how I can work that out. So I talk with one of the, with one of the, um, with my advisor, and she goes, "Yeah, if you switch to a liberal arts degree, you only need two classes next semester, and then you can drop this one." And I was like, "Sweet, I didn't." And I was like, "No way, workers' comp's going to go for this. They're going to be like, nah." There, I, I was, I even told people around me, I was like, "They just want me to fail and get off of their." and get off of their books. They're looking at this as like, he already told us he's going to fail if we leave him in these classes for the next semester. So let's just let him fail and get him off our books a couple months early. So surprisingly, yeah. I got an email the next day. They're like, yeah, we can do it. We just got to get it through our legal department and they'll write out some paperwork. And I told them, I was like, all right, we'll do it as fast as you can. Cause I got to stay up with this class until it's official. And in that, and I haven't done anything in that class since that, <laughs> since I emailed that. So I, I'm really hoping it goes through because if it doesn't, I'm like two weeks behind in that class, and I don't think there's any possible way I can catch up. Not with I. So my accounting class is fucking hard, and I have to go and test at the testing center. So there's no cheating in accounting. And it, the wild thing is, is like I met with this um, tutor twice in the last week. And I go to him, I go, do accountants even do this shit? Like, doesn't TurboTax and, and all those things do everything? He was like, oh, yeah, dude, as an accountant, you would never do this type of stuff. It's way too easy to make a mistake. He's like, this is just, you know, bullshit that you have to do. Oh, but at, at one point, I looked into my classes for next semester, and it was more accounting and more statistics. I don't know if I told you that already, but that was – I was, Oh, no. Yeah, so after I failed these ones, if I somehow managed to pass, I had the harder versions of both of them next semester. Ugh. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so I stopped working on the statistics class completely, and I went hard – on the accounting class and in the meantime i've had this environmental science class which is an easy class for in comparison like i know so much about climate change already that a lot of this stuff i already know because i i just know the way they come at these things and um i forgot to turn in two assignments like early on and i i argued with her and used my accommodations and got her to let me submit one of them so i had like a low D in the class already. And uh, through that whole bullshit with, with going on with those other classes, I forgot to turn in a paper for that class. So I had like <laughs> wrote it early in the week. I was like, I'm going to write it on Monday and then I'll send it off for editing. And then 
I'll turn it in when, you know, before Friday. And then I completely forgot about it until like the next Monday. So I, I already knew I was like, there's no way she's going to let me turn this in. <laughs> and then, uh, I, I go on and I, I learn a little bit more about her tests because I sent her an email and she's like, yeah, the tests are heavily weighted in this class. So it's going to come down to that. Like if you do all right on the tests, you yeah. can pass, but you're pretty fucked at this point. Like you can't miss much at all. Like if you miss anything, you're screwed. And if you bomb something, mm-hmm. you're screwed. So, um, I end up studying my ass. Oh, I, I, so I look into these tests more and it's not the normal tests. It's like these other ones. You got to do it with the screen watching you, they're recording you and, uh, there's just no way you can cheat on them. So you actually have to learn like the nitty gritty of this stuff. So like, I know the basics of it. I can pass yeah. the basics part of the test, but I didn't know how hardcore she was going to go. I didn't know if it was going to be regurgitated questions from the, the week before. That's typically what they do on the tests. So I just crammed. I went through all like eight chapters that we've done already in like three or four days. And I went through them hard. I made like 20 pages of notes that I was going to take onto the test. So I like typed them all out. I put it all in alphabetical order so I could slam through it and go. And uh, I go and take the test and dude, didn't recognize a fucking thing none of the questions were regurgitated it was all like applied weird shit and a lot of it's like buried in the book the book does this weird thing where it gives you the highlighted portions the portions you're like supposed to read and then there's a ton of other shit that would take you forever if you read through it all and i'm guessing there was a lot of that shit in the test on this one so i got like a 73 which when i when it came in it was like oh thank god because i i thought i was I thought I was <laughs> fucked on that one. I thought I was hard F, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's just been a nightmare. You're so, you're so lucky you don't have to deal with this type of shit. If I fail this and I can't go to next semester, it costs me like 30 grand. Jesus. Yeah, I mean that's how much I'll get paid in the time between now and then and Yeah. I'm not looking to get a job like I'm looking to work as little as possible until weed becomes legal up here and then I can quit. <laughs> <laughs> start uh start uh a garden yeah Matt start working at a, a, yeah there you go <laughs> so then comes the accounting test today this is a big fucking test it's like four chapters like i said i met with this this um tutor a couple times throughout the week and uh i was up until like four o'clock in the morning studying like i'm always up till four o'clock in the morning anyways but i was like studying until like 2 30 probably and uh they were i was allowed to have a note card oh i don't have it on here i was allowed to have a note card one note card for the test at the testing center so i crammed so much shit oh it's over there it would be too hard for me to get up but i'll I'll send you a picture afterwards oh i can put it up on the screen right now that's what i can do Maybe, maybe go. we'll see. I'm going to try and I had a couple of emails asking, why can't we see the videos? It's because it's hard. I'm going to try this week though. So <laughs> cut me a break. I already messed up once. I was supposed to start the recording on the iPad as soon as this started. So I didn't have to fuck with anything that's out the window at this point because I already forgot. And, you know, I just noticed a few minutes in. So it's like, well, now I'm not going to start until we play the first video. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I got this, I crammed so much shit onto this card. I wrote fucking tiny 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 and i get in there for the test today and it's like 27 questions and 27 accounting questions is a lot Uh, i mean some of these have like 40 entries 
in each question. You're doing like ledgers and income statements, and then you're going down to T accounts, and then finally you do the balance sheet at the end. I I, I could be wrong about that whole thing. I'm still not clear on the entire process. I think it's all a bit of a mystery <laughs> to me. It And the weird thing, too, is like the tutor tells me, he was like, do you know anything about finances? And I was like, yeah, I like Bitcoin. He was like, okay, good. So you know basic finance and i was like yeah and he's like this is going to confuse the fuck out of you because nothing matches up it's like it this is not intuitive at all things are going to say debit and you're going to go how is that a debit it's going out <laughs> like what is or a credit is going in. it's like none of it makes sense yeah. in financial terms it's all like hieroglyphics in a lot of ways it's weird yeah so I go in there today, and I'm allowed to have extra time on the test because I got one hand, and you got to type out a ton of shit. And, um, yeah, 27 questions. They're hard. I'm going through them slow. I went through all the easy stuff first, and then I started going to the hard shit. And I'm looking down in the corner of my screen. It says, like, you've got another four hours. Three. It gave me six hours total for the test. And I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, holy shit. This is going to take me forever. <laughs> so I got there at one forty-five. Oh, when I got there, they're like, do you have your ID? And I'm like, fuck, man, I forgot my ID at home. So I'm like, are you guys going to let me take this if I have to go home and come back and I'm late? And this woman's like Bulgarian or something. She can't give me a straight answer. She's just like <laughs> speaking her fucking weird language. And so I'm like, and I'm like. Fuck it. And I just bolt out. Then I start running out. I get in my car. I drive to my house as fast as I can. I get there. I'm like five, ten minutes late. Not a big deal. And the woman I speak to speaks English. And she's like, yeah, no problem. You're fine. Go on in. Sweet. (laughs) And uh, I had gotten an email from my professor before the, the test. She's like, I already cleared it with the testing center. You've got extra time. Don't worry about it. So the whole test, I'm looking down in the corner. And it's like, you've got four hours left two hours left, three hours left. You know, I, I'm working on this thing for three hours. And uh, like five o'clock, I, I didn't know what time it was. I was just looking at the countdown. But I go out to go to the bathroom at like five o'clock. And they're like, are you done? And I was like, no, I'm heading to the bathroom. And they're like, well, we're closing. I'm like, what do you mean yeah. you're closing? I was like, I still have three hours left. And she was like, what are you talking about? You should Your, your test should have counted down right now. I was like, what? It, uh-huh. What are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. I was like, I get extra time. It says I've got extra time. And she's like, well, you didn't tell us when you got here. And oh, I was like, Jesus. are you kidding me? Like, look at me. Like, do I, yeah. like my teacher told me. I, I She already cleared it with you. I got the email. It's in my iPad that's in the locker. Right now, I can show it to you. And I was like, yeah. I was like I've got two more questions. I need like 10, 15 more minutes. And she's like, all right, that's fine. I'm like, all right. And I go in. <laughs> And I start hammering away as fast as I can, and I start making a lot of mistakes because at this point I'm three hours in. I'm tired. I'm pissed off. I can't smoke while I'm in there, so I'm, like, used to smoking all day every day. So I'm, like, getting nicotine withdrawal at this point, and uh, I'm I'm very agitated. And there's a lot riding on this. Like I said, if I fail out of this semester and I don't get another semester, that's, like, thirty grand, and I have to go back to work earlier. That sucks, you know? And uh, so I'm hammering away. I get to the last one. Again, I'm not even looking at the time. I look down, and it's like 514. I look up, and she's walking in. I go, God damn it. And I just keep keep doing it. And she comes in. She's like, all right, you got to be finished now. And I'm like, look, I'm not done. I'm almost done. I got one more. And uh, she's like, well, I've got security here. 
And I was like, what the fuck? Are you crazy? And I look out and there's this pudgy, like 20 year old dude in a fucking polo shirt who couldn't drag me out of that building on his best day. If somebody offered him a million dollars, just no way in hell. Like it just could never happen. So I'm like, screw it. And I just ignore her and I keep working and she's starting to get agitated and she like comes over to me and I'm just like, I I like elbow at her and she like tries to put her hand across me to grab the mouse. I just kind of elbowed her away and kept doing my thing (laughs) (laughs) and it just got ridiculous and it couldn't, it couldn't, I couldn't do it with that going on. And, uh, I end up, I was like, this is, I, I got 15 more minutes. She's like, well, I've been off the clock for 15 minutes already. And I'm like, lady, this is my life. It's another 15 minutes that you've got to sit here. You sit here all day, every day. You can't give me another 15 minutes. She's like, I'm off the clock. And I was like, what about this amputee extra time thing? And she was like, well, if you would have told us and filled it out properly, then we could have given you extra time. But since you didn't, now we can't. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to toss me out of here and have me fail this test because of a technicality? Are you out of your mind? And I just lost it. I started throwing shit. I was swearing. I was screaming at these women. I I had to get into the locker, and I I started throwing the lock. I threw the key at the the side of the door. Uh, I'm just screaming at these women, just giving it to them. I was like, I offered to pay, I offered to pay them. I was like, I'll give you I'll give you each an hour's wage. You can sit here for another twenty minutes. You can earn twenty dollars each. We'll yeah. call it a day. You know what? Yeah. Not a big deal. Tax free. Yeah. And we stand out there in the lobby screaming at each other for 15 minutes. And at the end, I'm like, see, I could have been testing still at this point. I could have finished. And she's like, yeah. well, your teacher's really good about giving people makeups. So you'll be able, you'll probably be able to make it up. I'm like, probably be able to make it up. I just spent three like and a half hours on this thing and took three yeah. days preparing for it. And you're telling me that I can probably make it up. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> and it was a hundred point test. And the last problem that I was working on was worth 18 points. And I had to finish it. Like a co- I had to turn it in with that one, a quarter done. So that knocks me down an entire letter grade right off the bat. Yeah. And I got so a 60, they, I got a 63, which is not passing, not passing the way it adds up. Oh. I've still got a C in the class, but it makes it borderline to where if, I, and two things are going to happen right now, last semester, not last semester, last year, when I was taking this math class, they had like online help for math. So during the day you could get online and there'd be somebody on there that would help you over zoom. And at one point I yeah. did that. And I wasn't getting what what was being you know taught at that point in time, and um, the this woman that that's helping me it's always women you know f- with me for some reason I, I and it, it's not a sexist thing like it just happens to happen with women. <laughs> is that a is that a brain cell problem? Is that an ineptitude problem? Should they be in the kitchen? I don't know. That's not for me to decide. But it always happens with women. <laughs> And, uh, Sweetie, go make me a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Your time would be very well spent. Can I get a man? Like this is math. What are we doing here? Can I get a man to help me, please? <laughs> so I, I um, at, we're we're doing this for like twenty minutes, and at, like I'm not getting it. I'm. She knows I'm not getting it, and um, she goes, "What does she say?" She's like, "All right, 
we've been on for 20 minutes. I've got to go help other people now. And I was like, wait a minute. You didn't help me at all. This is fucking bullshit. And she's just like, oh, and she just loses her mind. Oh, my God. You, oh, oh. I got an email from my professor. I got an email from the head of the math department. I got an email from the online people that run it. Dude, it was like I thought I was going to get kicked out of school. So I told you that story to tell you this. Two things are going to happen here. Either I'm going to get kicked out of school, which I would not be surprised if that happens. At the least, I I could definitely get suspended for the semester or something like that, outlawed from the campus. I don't know. Like I I don't think that's going to happen, but I would not be surprised if it did. Like it it would be a a sixty forty split type of thing. Um, Two, yeah, I'll have to take it over the entire test. In in normal time, or are they going to stay the extra? No, they'll give me extra time. That that won't be an issue. But it's like I got other shit to do now. You know, I'm this. I got to learn the next four chapters before the next test. So it's bad news. And you know, and just so everybody listening or watching is clear, I I feel like an idiot. Like I should not have done that. There was nothing that could have been done. Like that's not the way I should handle things. I would like to blame it on the brain damage that I sustained getting electrocuted by power lines, but I've always done this. You know, I've always done this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, people get put uh, mentally and physically exhausted and get put under stress and shit. You know, uh, shit happens. But uh, the question I want the question I want to ask is: uh, You said you were throwing shit around were you throwing school property around yes <laughs> okay just so we're clear yes here. into other school property <laughs> i i think i broke their lock i saw a plastic piece of the lock uh, go flying i threw all the pencils <laughs> i didn't turn in my note card because i was like i'm fucking keeping this I might have to use it again. I was supposed yeah, to turn yeah. it in. I threw my note. I like crumpled my note oh. paper and threw it. I didn't stomp on anything because there was nothing to stomp, but I would have if there was. Oh, I'm just, I'm just trying to paint the full yeah. mental picture here. Uh, what was the security guard doing the whole time? Just standing, standing there? Standing there. And at one point he goes, after like 10 minutes have gone by, like I'm getting ready to leave. I'm putting my stuff in my bag, like at, at this point, I'm like about to turn around and he goes, hey, man, you need to calm down. And I go, <clears throat> I go, shut the fuck up. You stood here doing nothing for 10 minutes. You know, I'm not going to hurt anybody. Kiss my ass, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> dude, toss, him a, toss him a Twinkie and tell him to take a break. Ugh. Dude, I was fired up. And it's just like we were saying, like you pointed out last week. As soon as these policies hinder them in any way, they just they don't want to adhere to them at all. It, it, it you know, yeah. I've been sitting here for fifteen minutes off the clock. I don't care about your life anymore. Fuck your your nope. amputee. I don't care. It's fifteen you didn't minutes. Fill out the proper forms. You, you said fifteen minutes. It's been fifteen minutes. I I don't think I would have flipped out if she didn't have security waiting there at five fifteen on the dot. Yeah, that, yeah, for sure. That's, I would have been uh, angry. That's her. Yeah, but I don't think I would have flipped out. That's, as her, hard. That, 
that was her just trying to hurry up or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to defend myself in a situation like that, but it's it's really crazy to go. Oh well, if you just not only uh, here you were told something that something was apparently wrong, and now it's your fault. Yep. It's really fucking crazy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Your fault. Yeah. I've been sitting there for yeah, never mind the... three and a half hours. Yeah, and never mind the inconvenience of, you know, whatever the case may be. So you get to retake it or make it up, whatever, so. Have to. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, but then, you, so you got to go take all that time out of your life. She's probably already going to be there doing another test or some shit, right? So. She doesn't give a fuck. She just wants to go home. I can't tell you how many hours I have spent off the clock at work in my life. I mean, you you probably the same thing. Just countless, countless hours of off the clock time. Not because I want to, but because sometimes it's required. Yep. You know, I and, and you know certain certain situations. You you know see the person or whatever the case may be, you see the situation and, you know, then sometimes you do, uh, do somebody a solid, do a little kind kindness for somebody once in a while. I can't tell you how many hours I've sat in a bar, polishing the bar top, waiting for two people who didn't (laughs) hit me to walk out. They've already paid. They've already ate. They're just sitting there talking or whatever annoying me and i'm just sitting there sure maybe i am making clock time but as a bartender i don't make shit as clock time and yeah you know i'm literally sitting there polishing the floors or doing extra cleaning waiting for you to leave how many times did i ever say anything about it or bring security to bring anybody out because our restaurant was closed already never once Never once in my entire life did I ever – in my entire career bartending, I never threatened to pull somebody out by security because we were 15 minutes past closing. (laughs) Yeah. And who knows how long they sat in there after I left. (laughs) And I don't believe they were on – I don't believe they were sitting there off clock time either. I think they were lying about that. Yeah. You should uh, you should dox them. Well, here was my that would be good. Dox them, threaten their families, <laughs> tell them they need to kill themselves. You live up to all the all, all the bad stereotypes that yeah. she already perceived you as. <laughs> Call the cops. Tell them that she threatened to to kill her husband, and they need a SWAT team over there immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> Well, things that you can look forward to for your for your upcoming endeavors in in school. Tell us about your school that's coming up. Oh well, it's just going to be some uh, technical certification training at uh, the Harley. Um, I'm not really sure how they set it up. Um, the Hondo training I did was seriously like a college campus. It was really really cool. Oh, I bet. But, um, yeah, it was, it, and it was mostly uh, automotive, and they just had a small motorcycle division. Yeah, but, but this um, is Harley, but yeah, right? Like a, 
Yes. Yeah. I, I just don't know what, what the um, facility is going to be like or anything like that. It'll probably be somewhat similar as far as how the actual class is going to go. It's, it's going to be badass. You know, you, you, yeah, it's, it's uh, the, the best part about it is just um, getting uh, like reinforced, um, uh, reinforce, uh, I, I, I don't know what I'm thinking, trying to say, but uh, what I know I'm doing correct gets reinforced by the Harley, uh, teachers, you know what I'm saying? These so I come out of the there the best. Yeah. And then you, you, you know, you walk out with a little piece of paper that says, I know how to do shit. <laughs> and then you can work anywhere in the world. It's like being a bartender. I mean, there was a a Harley-Davidson rental place right down the street from the bar I worked at in Lahaina. I mean, talk about a place to work. And that's something that's not out of the cards for you. I mean, that's something you would enjoy. Just think, you go, hey, you know what? It's cold in Montana. Maybe I'm going to take a leave of absence, or maybe I'll I'll get my boss to to get me a transfer to to Lahaina, Harley-Davidson for a while, or Waikiki Beach, you know, and just go work there for a couple of months during the wintertime. And, and you know, that it, maybe it wouldn't work out that way. Maybe you'd have no interest in that, but it's possible, which is always a cool thing. I always enjoyed that freedom of mobility that bartending allowed. Like I always yeah. knew if watching something on TV, it's like I could go there and be self-sufficient in a week if I wanted to. All I need is a plane ticket to get there. Yeah, for sure. That would be a really, really good idea to be able to just take off for two, three months during the winter. Yeah. Uh, my, um, the owner of the Harley out here, he actually used to own half of a dealership in Hawaii, but they closed that. So when I moved to Hawaii, there was, um, my aunts, my aunt did the books for this guy who owned a, car shop he worked on like european motors type cars and he had this badass little scooter little moped that he let me use and i i fucked it up i ended up blowing it up and then i rebuilt (laughs) it and i rebuilt it with an engine that he didn't want in it and he was fucking pissed and i hadn't given him money for it that apparently he wanted and one day he saw me riding it and he like flagged me down and we were cool like he was a motocross guy he wanted me to go out riding in the in the um in the hills with him and shit like that so he he cra- he like tracked me down and I, I pulled over to him and he like grabs the bike and tosses me off it he's like you fucking piece of shit you stupid junkie and just gives me the business he's like you need to get off this fucking island you're everything that's wrong with this place and leaving there i was like yep he is right he is 100 percent right i completely fucking took this goodwill for granted I fucked him over, and I have no excuse for my actions. It sucked. I, yeah. I really – it hurt because he was a motocross guy and I was a motocross guy, and, like, right away we kicked it off, you know. So yeah. it, it was a it was a real shot to the, to the pride. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like it. And then I was on a skateboard from then on. <laughs> I had this old skateboard. It was this old beat-up carboard, and I was getting pretty good on it. I lived on top of this hill. And uh, big fucking hill. And guys that were good, they could skate all the way down it. I wasn't good. I had to walk like three quarters of the way down before I felt <laughs> yeah. comfortable skating on it. And um, 
I would just bonsai down and carve as much as I could. And by the time I got to work, I was, I was out of steam. It was really cool. Hitchhike the way up at night or, you know, get a ride with somebody. It was, it was fucking great. And, uh, one day I was skating down this hill and a car just comes over on me this far away, inches away from me and pushes me off into the grass. And I go tumbling and I pop up and I go just out of, pure instinct i go what the fuck i uh, e-brake lights come on smoking tires back up jump out big four big hawaiian locals jump out what the (laughs) fuck bro what are you you talking shit and i'm like oh shit and i grab the board and uh i you know i i'm holding and i was like you guys are gonna get me but i'm gonna take one of you at least one of you which one wants it and they were just like, fuck you, bro. We're going to catch up. We're going to get you and just all this shit. And I was like, holy shit, I am fucked because they are going to get me. Like they're going to get me sometime yeah. where I'm not expecting it and it's not going to be good. So I go into work and I'm like cleaning myself up because I got all scraped up. I was probably doing 30 miles an hour when I went down and I'm like yeah. picking gravel out of my forearm and our head of security, who was a really great guy. Uh, very cool to me right from the beginning. Like I had family on the island, so I had a lot of ins in that way. As soon as they found out who my family was, they were like, oh, okay, you're cool. And he's like, what yeah. happened, man? And I was like, oh, nothing. Went down on the skateboard. He's like, oh, how do you go down on the skateboard? And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It just, you know, got away from me. And he just kept poking at me. Like, I think he could tell that I wasn't telling him something. Yeah. And uh, he's like, come on, bro. Tell me what happened. What 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 happened? And uh, I was like, man, these these dudes put me off, put me off the road, and they they came at me, and I had to fend them off with a skateboard. And you know, they told me they were going to get me, and they're probably right. And he's like, what color car? And I told him what kind of car it was. He goes, oh, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And I'm like, dude, don't, don't fucking take care of it, man. Please don't take care of it. Like, let me just work it out myself. Like, I know how these things go. Like, I I need to, you know show that I can stand up for myself. Otherwise I'm never going to fit in here. And he was like, yes, yeah. mainland, bro. That's not how it works here. Your family, we take care of family. And like two days later, it was dollar drink night. And, uh, the, they, all four of them see me and they beeline towards me. I'm like, Oh shit. And they come up and they're like, Hey bro, sorry about the, with the car. We didn't know you were our people. You're, you know, you work here. Jonah says, you're cool. You got nothing to worry about from us. We always got your back. I was just like, oh, man, I was shitting a brick. Yeah. (laughs) It was a fucking nightmare. But, you know, it was a great place working there. It's so sad. Like, one of my friends was just there on vacation. She put a picture up on Instagram, and she was sitting at the bench by Bubba Gump's. And uh, I was just like, yeah, I used to work across the street from there. Place closed down. She was like, Bubba's closed right now, too. And I didn't know that. I was like, Jesus Christ. What a nightmare. And there's all these great restaurants that are closed down. This place called The Plantation, which had the best breakfast on the island, one of the best views on the island. I mean, you're talking one of the best views in the world. You're looking out over Kapalua. It's where they have the big golf courses, and they do the big PGA events. And you go in there, and you get uh, pancakes with pineapple syrup and fruit. And, dude, talk about living like a king. That is the best breakfast you'll ever have in your life. I tried getting that type of syrup. You can't find it. You know, these people are making it themselves. Yeah. They just opened up a couple weeks ago from COVID. Damn. 
you gotta, you gotta wonder, like you're saying, like with the locals and stuff, maybe, I mean, obviously it had to hit everybody financially really hard because it's a giant tourist, uh, revenue out there. Right. So it's all at the same time. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't need a lot of money or whatever, you don't need to spend a lot of money. Probably some people probably kind of actually enjoyed it on the Island with the lockdowns and stuff and not having to deal with a bunch of mainland tourists. You know, what's wild is like, they flip out on the island if they want to put in like a new telescope or something like that. Yeah. But they don't flip out about these COVID policies. It's like if anything good, I I was hoping that if anything good came out of this stuff, that the locals would be like, Hey man, we need more autonomy. We're not America. Like this is some bullshit colonial status that was put on us hundreds of years ago. We're not America. We're nowhere near America, and we don't want you setting policy for us. But that it doesn't seem to yeah. have happened. Like I, I wish they would just say, "We want more autonomy. We want to be our own country. You know, we want to be our own nation. Stop screwing with us. We want to be best friends with you and partners with you, and we want you to come to our island and open businesses on our island. But it's our island. It's not yours, and you don't get to destroy it this way. It should be our decision." whether we destroy all these businesses or not. And I don't, I, I would, yeah. you know, I don't know a ton about politics there, but I would guess that a lot of this stuff was done under pressure from the mainland. For sure. How, how off the top of your head, do you know how far away uh, Hawaii is from coast of California? It's thousands of miles. Um, uh, yeah. I, I was saying right it's gotta now. be. Give me but, a, um, give me a vamp for a minute. <laughs> how uh, how the hell should any any money generated that far away from the mainland you know how how the hell should they be having to pay any taxes or anything to do anything for the mainland they should just be fully you know kind of self-sustained or self-sufficient you would think money so they make i mean they should be taking cues from taiwan right now <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, but in a lot of ways, like Taiwan (laughs) is way closer to China than the 2,479 miles it is from Hawaii to Los Angeles. Yeah. That's a long ways. A long ways. And it's not like they (laughs) even have the same culture as us. It's not like Alaska where you could, if you were dropped down, if an alien dropped you down in downtown Anchorage and in the middle of in the middle of summertime, four o'clock in the afternoon, you'd have no idea where you were. You could be in any city in America, you know, but Hawaii, yeah. not, not the case. I mean, you're not going to mistake it for Miami. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one crazy thing that I noticed about the, when the lockdowns were in California in full swing, um, it was pretty amazing how all of a sudden all the LA smog just disappeared. Well, it was already mostly gone since the seventies. This is what we've <laughs> been talking about with carb all this time. It's like the, the whole goal with carb to get rid of the two stroke engines was to get rid of smog in in Los Angeles, but it was largely gone by the time they got rid of any of it. Yeah. What, uh, what are you, what is that? 
I would have to do some research, but just out of curiosity, what do you know about the whole leaded gas stuff? Like, was that affecting any, I mean, it was obviously poisoning everybody, but. I've always heard that it, it have made, in, made engines run better. Yeah, but it, it supposedly everybody that lived during that time period, their IQ is lower than it probably could have or should have been. Yeah, I've heard that right? too. I've heard that too. I'm sure it's probably not good, but I mean, is it as bad as as the extent of what they say? I doubt it. Uh, you yeah. know, of all the toxic chemicals that go into the into the environment, who knows? I mean, if you can make it without it, why not? But I, I, I like you said, I'd have to do some research on it as well. I don't know enough about it to really to really comment on it, but. While we're on motocross, there was so the motocross to nations was was this uh, last weekend. You familiar with motocross to nations? It's like the uh, Olympics event where you get the teams America versus all the European guys. Yep, we gotta get you watching motocross next next year. Super, we'll get you started on Supercross this season, so you'll be in <laughs> you'll be in swing. Uh, so it was in America this year, uh, first time since 2018. So it was at Redbud, which is the most popular track in America. It's where they always have the 4th of July race. And uh, it was a mutter. It's always a mutter. At the time of year that they do it, it kind of has to be a mutter unless you're going to do it somewhere else. The thing that really freaking bothered me is in 2018, they knew it was going to be a mutter. It was way more rain than they got this year. But they brought sand into the track, and it was manageable. This track, I mean, the the the... The way you can tell the track is terrible is but by, by how good the track uh, by how good the announcers say the track is. So the if the announcers keep talking about how great the track is, you yeah. know the track sucks. <laughs> yeah. So they kept talking about how great the track was. Oh, the track looks great. I mean, for for what they're working with, they did a great job. Got to give it up to the track crew. And they <laughs> they uh they interview Eli Tomac after the race. They're like, how's the track? And he's like, yeah, there was one line around the entire thing. You couldn't pass anybody. Yeah, so much for, for great track. But they didn't bring sand in. And typically, like, the way they do this is this is an MXGP event. It's not an American racing event. So MXGP holds it. They're responsible for the track. I don't know if they would have been the ones who made the call to bring sand in or not. My guess is that would have been up to the local track crew to bring it in in advance because they would have been looking at the weather as far as like the way the track is set up the europeans for my style and for my liking anyways they do a much better job so like uh on saturday when they were doing the qualifiers jason thomas was the announcer who better than ricky carmichael everybody announcing is better than ricky carmichael at this point they gotta get rid of him he's terrible he's gotta go anyways uh, they were talking about the track, and and the European announcer goes, "Yeah, they're not going to groom the track tonight." And Jason Thomas was like, hmm. "Whoa, what?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we there was barely any riding today. It was just qualifying. Yeah, they won't groom it. They might touch up a couple areas, but no, they'll leave it." And he's like, "Whoa, yeah, that's not American. Like they would definitely completely groom the track no matter what." And he's right. Yeah. Like that's how they do it all the time. So it it ends up working out to be a rougher track. They usually dig it deeper which is surprising they didn't groom it very deep this this time around but you know anyways it was a good weekend for american motocross the american team won which was cool eli tomac had a great race uh 
Justin Cooper, who was our 250 guy, great fucking race. There was like question marks about him because he had a couple iffy races. He didn't do great this season, but he came out and they race like they'll have the 450s and the 250s on the track at the same time. And he got like a a top 10 start on a 250F in the mud and came around the first corner in like seventh place or something like that. Ended up getting like fifth place in the motor overall or something like that. Just an incredible, incredible ride. And um, in 2018, the last time, I think it was 2018, maybe it was the time before that, maybe it was 2008, I don't. I think it must have been 2000, yeah, it was 2008, in 2008, they brought it to America, sand track, complete MXGP style grooming, rougher than any track Americans see all year, and um, Ryan Villapoto wins the entire event on a 250F, just fucking incredible. <laughs> Even watching it now, you watch it, you go, my God, that's just impressive. But, uh, yeah, well, I, remember, I remember seeing him. I remember seeing Bill Apoto. I don't even know how old he was. He was a kid when we were at the Elsinore GP. Yeah. Right. Smoking me. Yeah, he was ripping. <laughs> yeah, he smoked me. <laughs> I saw him going around <laughs> me as he lapped me for the 50th time. In that race, my entire goal, I raced the Elsinore GP twice. So, Let's explain the Lake Elsinore GP for people here. So the Lake Elsinore GP is a race that goes back to the 70s. Uh, It starts in downtown Lake Elsinore. You ride through the streets, then you go up into the hills. You hit a little bit of a motocross track. There's some water crossings. It gets really rough. And they have one one of the races, one of the motos. It's called the Harvey Mushman 100, and it's a 100-mile race. The reason it's called the Harvey Mushman, there's a story behind why it's called that. So... In the 70s, Steve McQueen had smoked everybody in this race for years. Do you remember the story? No. Okay, cool. So you're going to hear it for the first time then. Well, anyways, Steve McQueen took a movie deal, and they told him, you can't be doing these motocross races if you're going to be in movies. We can't have you having a broken arm while we're filming, so you got to stop with this motocross racing. So he had won the the last few races coming up to the first race that he wasn't going to be at. So the big buzz around the track in motocross and the media was who's going to win the race. And it might have been the first time. I don't remember that part of the story for sure, so don't quote me. But it was who's going to win this race that's not Steve McQueen. So race day, everybody takes off. And some guy just starts smoking everybody way out front. Nobody's ever heard of him. He's got a random number on his on his chest, and his name is Harvey Mushman. Who is this guy? Nobody's ever heard of Harvey <laughs> Mushman before. How's he beating all these professional riders? This is crazy. So the entire hundred mile race goes by, and they get up onto the podium, and Harvey Mushman takes his helmet off, and wouldn't you know it, it's Steve McQueen. So <laughs> it's called the Harvey Mushman One Hundred. So the first year that I raced that, and you were my pit crew in that race, and and yep. that was a great fucking race, man. We got to we got to pit out of the KTM factory rig with Kelly. It, that was it was the closest I ever felt to a professional racer. Like I was I was racing amateur pro at that time, but I was getting smoked at like the nationals. And this race, like I felt like I was gonna have a chance to do well because I was good outdoors. I was really good in the hills like i don't know why looking back on it now i should have switched over to gncc years before and i probably could have had a decent career 
racing yeah. like around the country and probably gotten by for a few years, but I didn't, but anyways, I, you know, I thought I was going to do good in this race and we're, you know, sitting there with, with Kelly next to all the KTM Kelly had a number two plate on her bike at that time. She was like the number two woman yeah. GNCC racer in the world. She was no joke. Everybody at the track knew who she was. So, you know, yeah. we, we've, I was feeling good about it. I know you had fun too. You were the pit crew. So my whole <laughs> goal for that race was don't get lapped. I don't want to get lapped. That's, you know, I don't really care what position I get, but I don't want to get lapped. I don't want to be one of these lappers that's in these guys' way. So gate drops, I was up close to the front. I think Kelly must have pulled some strings for me because I was able to start in the top 30 for some reason. And uh, everybody else started way back. So I'm top 30. First couple laps, I'm moving up quick. I don't know what position I got to, but I'm moving past five, ten riders at least. Nobody's really catching me from behind yet. A couple guys here and there. But I'm still stuck in the top 30 for sure. And I I don't know, probably five, ten laps go by. I don't know how many miles that would be, maybe 20, 30 miles. And Destry Abbott and um, Bobby Bonds just go fucking screaming by me like I'm standing still. I go, holy shit. This early? This is fucking crazy. I couldn't believe it. Like, I thought I was doing really well. And by all accounts, I kind of was. But I was yeah. not prepared for the length of this race. And by about, I don't know, you you might remember better than me at this point, but by about 80% through, I had nothing left. I had absolutely nothing left. I was riding like this. Like, my head was down. I couldn't fucking yeah. see anything. <laughs> I had the wrong goggles. Uh, I had clear goggles, so I was looking into the sun coming down over the lake, the reflections going into my eyes, and I'm trying – I, like, pull my visor down. I'm trying to, like, get it, and then my neck hurts so bad I'm going to throw up. At one point, I had to piss, and I was like, God damn it, I can't stop. If I stop, I'm never going to be able to get the bike started again. So I'm trying to piss my pants, but I can't because I'm riding still. I try and, like, stop and piss my pants, but I still can't do it so my kidneys are about to explode by the uh, end of the race like i on the last lap i took my goggles off and they fell off of my hand and they're sitting there on the ground and these are brand new goggles that i just bought for the race and i didn't have any money these are like 80 dollars goggles and i'm looking at them and i was like nope goodbye <laughs> goodbye <laughs> goodbye <laughs> But I think I got like thirty first place in that race or something like that. I almost I almost kept in the top thirty. I I don't remember for sure how I how I did, but I was puking out the side door of the truck on the way home. I, I'm sure you remember that. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. I do remember you just being one hundred percent spent at the end of that. That was the hardest. That was the most physically demanding thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure you couldn't even lift your arms. Nope. I, I, I think you had to load my bike up for me. Yeah. I remember, uh, have you heard, go ahead. I was going to say, have you heard, or do you know where, uh, Kelly's at these days? She used to be on Instagram, but I don't, I haven't seen anything from yeah, her. In a last long time. I saw she was disappeared off there too. I don't know what happened. I'd I'd like to get a hold of her at some point. We had some great times. Yeah. Were you? Did you go oh, yeah. on that desert trip with us where we were hydroplane in the lake? <sighs> nope. I heard about it. These are the times when you wish you had phones back then. Like life was better without them. But man, yeah, we were we were camping at this lake, 
and it's a dry it's a dry lake bed, a dry desert, and there was rain the week before, so there was just these enormous puddles. Is all I can really describe them, and they're going for I don't know a mile, just dead flat, huge fucking puddles, and we're looking at them all weekend, and uh, it's me. I don't remember who else. It was me, Kelly, Craig Westner, who was one of the best GNCC riders on the planet at that time, and this older guy who I don't remember his name. And we're looking at him all weekend going, do you think we can make it? And we're debating back and forth like, yeah, I don't know. And at one point, <laughs> we're just – me and Kelly and the other guy are just sitting there. We take our helmets off after we'd just gone for a ride, and we're just sitting on the uh, on the lake bed. And then we hear Craig's on a KX250, so we just hear – wide open and we look back and he's just 100 miles an hour because he had a desert bike out there no joke 100 miles an hour full full lean back mike brown style and he just hits this bottle and just hydroplanes the entire fucking thing and we're just sitting there and we're like as he's going and as soon as he makes it across we're just like yeah and we're yelling and screaming it was one of the coolest things i'd ever seen in my life and we all just fired our bikes up and hit it and we were doing it all weekend and it was one of the most fun i have ever had on a motorcycle in my entire life it's one of the things that like i really miss about being the way i am at this point uh christy was there with us christy had a blast i don't remember if she was on a bike or not i think she was but man, she had a blast. We after we we uh, started hydroplaning, we busted out my pickup, and I had an '88 C10 <laughs> short bed with a four inch lift on it and mud tires, skinny mud tires, none of those fat boys. And we were hitting these mud, not not where the water was. What well, we were hydroplaning too, but that wasn't the fun part. On the truck, you wanted to hit the spots that had dried up, so they had the spots that had just dried up had a thin sheet of mud on it, and we were hitting these things wide open. Top top gear in my pickup, probably doing, I don't know, 100 miles an hour. And you would just slide and spin forever. And there was no chance of catching and rolling. There was no rocks on the entire thing. <laughs> and I remember Christy holding on to the oh shit handle, just screaming and laughing. And the first time I did it, I, I told her, oh, we'll go slow. And I just hammered it as hard as I possibly could. And she's screaming. And by the end of it, she's laughing. She's like, do it again, do it again. <laughs> and then we're all taking turns in my pickup just screaming across this lake bed. I ended up overheating the truck. It was never the same after that weekend, but (laughs) it was, that was the way to take, to go out for that pickup. It was, I mean, one of the best memories I've got in my entire life. Really great. So it wasn't, wasn't like the side of Walmart in the Explorer. Oh man, that was great. Why don't you (laughs) tell that story? (laughs) Oh, let's see. We were, um, it was like what, two or three in the morning. We were out of beer, um, stoned out of our minds and we're bored. So we pile, it was, uh, six, six of us, right? Seven. Six of us. Oh no, six, right. Six. Somebody in the way back. Larry. And, uh, yeah, Larry. <laughs> and uh, we we would go hit this little empty dirt lot on right next to Walmart regularly. It was always just a mud pit. And it had been kind of raining all day, if I remember correctly. And, and they were running so the sprinklers just, all the time, running yeah, sprinklers. Yeah. Yep. So we, uh, we pile in the old exploder and um, 
go flying across the parking lot, hit it and crank it and do the old (laughs) boom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. All right. Let Uh, me tell this part of it. So we're, we're sitting there on the sides. Everybody's quiet. The windows are broken. The mirrors are broken. I go, I'm sitting in the, in the passenger side back seat and the windows all shattered next to me. I'm staring at the ground. I go, Larry, you okay? He goes, yeah, I'm good. And I go, everybody else all right? Everybody's like, yeah, I'm good. Go, that was fucking awesome. Let's jump out and roll this fucker and get out of here. <laughs> uh, I, I really can't believe that thing fired up. Now, do you remember talking to that chick that worked at Walmart a couple of weeks later? And we're like, hey, I yeah. Do, can you get us the security footage of this? And she was like, that was yeah. you guys. <laughs> we tormented that Walmart. We used to. This Walmart was set up on a on a frontage road. It had a frontage road going behind it, and they would unload all of their their boxes of all their inventory, and they would just sit it there, tons and tons of boxes, and they'd have all these fat slow guys like this fucking security guard that I was dealing with this week would be just piling stuff in slow, and they'd be sitting there all day. So we'd put a piece of. Ma- I remember we would take a piece of mail because I always had mail in my truck, and we'd set it over my license plates, and we'd jam back there. Everybody jump out, grab a box, put it into the back of the pickup, and just scream on out. <laughs> <laughs> I got a great mini fridge from that. <laughs> oh man, we're oh, almost an man. hour in, and we haven't got to any of the news yet. Well, let's do this. Uh, let's do this. Um, let me play a couple videos from the motocross donations. I thought this was this was uh, like I said. Uh, they had they had a couple good announcers. Uh, the, the guy who announces for European or for the MXGP, he's fucking incredible. He does the color and the play by play. Where like in America, you know how you have a play by play and a color. He does it all at once, and yeah. he's just talking a mile a minute. And he's an ex pro racer, so he knows everything. And he's he's incredible. I listen to that guy and I go, God damn, he's good. He could do a hell of a podcast. <laughs> but uh, so they have Rick Johnson, who's who's uh, one of the famous famous motocross racers. Let's hear uh, let's hear him do a little bit of announcing, and he he really fucking nails it right here. So let's listen to him, Rick Johnson, nailing it. at the bottom of the hill there for Guadagnini, allowed Lawrence to get up on the run of the inside of Guadagnini, but Guadagnini kept him back there in second place. As Lawrence comes back for more, jumping long into the turn, very reminiscent of his Dutch skills from his time in Europe. He's all of a sudden found some speed, and he charges down the inside, takes the lead away from Guadagnini. It's Australia and Jet Lawrence who lead in race two. And this is what I was talking about, make the defense. Alpha male pass. He, he squared him off, went to the inside, and gave Guadagnini no choice but to let off. Yeah, that's Rick Johnson nailing it. Went out there and made the alpha male move. This is what people like us want to hear. This is an alpha male sport. No matter what these people might tell you or what they might say on the Disney Channel, this is not a women's sport. They're, sure, yeah, there's a lot of women riding. We just talked about how amazing Kelly is, but... No, this is a man's sport, and they shouldn't be talking like it's a woman's sport. He he went out there, and he made the alpha male pass. He could have said he went out, and he made the alpha pass, not not gendering it. And nobody would have been the wiser. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he said out, he went out and made the alpha male pass. This is what 
kids should be hearing. This is how you you need to conduct yourself. You got to be strong, stand up for yourself, and go out and be a man. And that's what's great about motocross. It, it's just you out there, you and a bike, and you got to be locked in. Otherwise, you could die. And they shouldn't be sugarcoating it. I could imagine, like, you know, ten years from now. Somebody having a, a problem with somebody saying like that. Maybe even in sporting today, if you would say that in like basketball, go out and make the alpha male people. Well, women play basketball too, and they can play defense just as well as men can. And it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But nobody's paying attention to their stupid sports. So why don't we talk about the ones <laughs> that are actually producing <laughs> quality, you know, uh, games and producing quality men? None of these little girly men like I dealt with at the security guard today. While I'm walking out, he goes, hey, man, calm down. It's like, fuck you, you pussy. Why don't you say something to me while I've been screaming at these three women for the last 15 minutes? Why don't you put yourself between me and them, you fucking pussy? That's what I was thinking yeah. the entire time. It's like you just stood there and let me scream at your friends. For sure, they're friends for 15 minutes. If I'm that guy – I, me, am out of that building after two words. You threw something, get the, yeah. get out of my building. This is unacceptable. Get out. And, you know, this is, again, yeah. I'm not defending myself. I'm, I'm embarrassed by my behavior, and I should be. But this is, you know, what we're producing. This is the type of guy who's going to go, well, women ride motorcycles too, and they can make passes too. It should be an alpha pass, not an alpha man pass. So I don't know. I just that stuck out to <laughs> well, me. I, I thought it, that was a better, yeah. It's anyway. better than a than a, a alpha they them pass. exactly as as that. alpha <laughs> women X. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a um an I don't remember what it was. It was like some political thing, and this woman was like talking about children, and she was like. Oh, she was defending like children being able to have sex with adults if they want to. And they were doing subtitles below the Yeah, I'm I'm not kidding. It's probably on my list somewhere, but I did all this show prep 2 weeks ago at this point, so I don't remember any of this shit. But uh as they're doing the subtitles, she said children, but they wrote children X. You know how they do the X after everything so it's not gendered? They wrote that. Yeah. In yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. That's something. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get this piece of equipment soon, and and we'll be able to play videos that you can see. All right, I've got one more of Rick Johnson. Let's see if he let's see if he nails it. Again. When you have a strong deal for Anderson, we've seen this in America. He rides ten tenths the whole race. They don't. I talked to Jimmy Button, who's his team, who's his uh, manager. Said you never have to push him. He's always training, always in great fitness. Um, some about him, he is vegan, and, and that sometimes gives you a slower burn. Kevin Velandrin without goggles, maybe just having some visibility issues. Maybe that's also a reason why Ferrandez was able to close down so fast. But eight seconds in one lap. Get the kid a steak. He was hurt all season. Come on. <laughs> Going to talk about the alpha male pass and then come out and brag about him being a vegan. And you hear the guy from maybe that's why it lets him have a slower burn. Like, come on, man. Are we going to do bro science on veganism here? Are you fucking crazy? Uh, I couldn't believe that. It was right after he said that shit. I was like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I, I did I did learn something interesting about um uh beef 
uh, labeling, tagging that uh, uh, a cow can be fed grass once in its life, and it can be labeled grass-fed. Oh, really? I've see. That's I've always heard what, what they do told. is they. Oh, and I, this is what they do too: is they'll um, like, yeah, that exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I, I heard it described in a different way, but yeah, essentially they switch them over to grain like right away, and then you can still call them grass fed. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. I'm about to lose my view over here. You remember the side of my house where that that cattle ranch is? It's going yeah. bye bye, man. Inflation killed these. The old man died, left it to his son inflation's killing these people so bad that they can't afford to have the cows anymore. He had to sell the property off to industrial. Uh, they're going to put in a, a sweet water park or something. No, it's industrial. So it's not going to be anything like that. Like uh, for instance, the there's, it's all industrial down past where his ranch is, but it's like um, yeah. uh, a recycling place where you drop, uh, your mulch and your leaves and your grass and all that shit. And then next to it is trailer storage. So, you know, something along those lines, probably hopefully it doesn't smell whatever it is. <laughs> well, let's go uh, Let's uh, get into climate change here. Then I've got a, I've got a story. Honda electric motorcycles. Honda revealed its plans Tuesday to release 10 new electric motorcycles by the end of 2025 to help the Japanese automaker reach its sustainability goals. Yet Honda has been relatively slow rolling out a full-sized EV. Yeah, they don't know how to do it. When exactly can we expect a fully electrical vehicle from Honda? Who cares? We want This is about motorcycles. I might have, have the wrong part of the... Well, whatever. Uh, here we go. In March, it announced. So basically, they're going to put out a 50 next year. And this is going to help them reach their sustainability goals. ESG, we got we to gotta get our ESG score down. We're, we're putting too much you know, carbon out into the atmosphere. We're going we're gonna to kill everybody in 20 years if we don't make electric motorcycles that nobody's going to buy. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that, uh, they're just... It, it, and it tells you everything that they haven't rolled anything out and they're dragging their feet, obviously, because it's not easy. Probably suck. Yeah. I mean, just and 10 years ago when I was like, riding motocross, they didn't have the technology to put electric start on our bikes. That's relatively new. Yeah. So yeah. the thought, I mean, I, I know people who have said they can't wait for these electric motocross bikes to come out, but I don't think they're going to be, I think they're going to be pushed really hard in like supercross but unless you're racing and you're a hardcore racer these bikes aren't going to do anything for you how are you going to afford all the batteries and how are you going to charge it when you're what are you going to do bring an extra battery out to the to the hills with you i I just don't see them taking off they've not done well in the street industry so far i mean i really think this is just like it's different than a four-stroke motorcycle like back in the day people said i'll never own a four-stroke motorcycle because the four-stroke motorcycles that they were familiar with sucked like an xr 400 sucked forever it still sucks it's the same bike it's an air-cooled slow revving long bore i mean long stroke short bore motor it's a 
it's a really terrible bike. So it's not surprising that people will go, I never want to ride one of these things. I think it's kind of the opposite for electric bikes where people are like, oh, I want this electric bike now because it's going to offer more things and they've seen what electric bikes can do. I don't think people are ready for the fact that you're not going to be able to ride it for more than an hour at a time. Yeah. And it's one thing when the battery in your Tesla blows up or catches fire, but how's that going to be when it's between your legs? Yeah, no shit. Right. Dude, when I was in line school, I had a vaporizer, but I had one of those older ones that had the big batteries in it and you had to do the coils yourself. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. So I had that thing in my pocket and it was getting dirt in it. So the button in the bottom, it had a bottom push button on it and it got all gritty. And the thing came hot in my pocket. I'm 35 feet up in the air. And it starts lighting my leg up. I look down, there's smoke coming out of my pocket. And I'm like, holy shit. I got big gauntlet gloves on, so I can't dig into my pocket. And I'm up on the pole, so I'm leaning back. And finally, I just go, holy shit, I got to get down. And I just, as quick as I can. And at that time, I wasn't a great climber. But as far as like... As climbing goes at that point in time, I got down off that pole fast. My buddies are all looking at me. He's like, what the hell is going on? And I get down, and I'm trying to get this thing out of my pocket. And, dude, it burned holes all the way through my pants. It fucked me up. I was thinking I was going to have a burnt dick for life. You're going to have a little little burn chode. But, you know – it's not surprising that like the the this announcement comes out right after these carb announcements where they announce that you know you're not going to be able to ride a dirt bike in in uh in California in the next I, I think it's like 2030 you're not going to be able to buy a gas powered dirt bike in that state at all. They're looking at this like Yamaha was looking at those regulations coming down the pipe in the in the uh, late 90s early 2000s. We're going to see the same type of thing here. We're going to see emissions regulations pushing manufacturers in Japan, in um, where's uh, Europe, all over Europe. There's a, there's a bunch of new manufacturers going over here. They're all going to be pushed to develop these stupid bikes that nobody's going to ride because of California regulations. It's crazy how much power this board has. I looked at it. There's only like 12 people on that board. Is it how wild is that that twelve people are setting policy for the entire world? Is it an elected position? Appointed. Or appointed. Appointed. Jesus, that's that's scary. Appointed by the governor. So it's oh, going to be God. people that are in tight with the governor. It's going to be his wife's friends. You know, uh, I uh, I had a, a homeless guy sleeping under my sign right outside of my property. A couple days ago, my my tenant comes in. He's like, hey, man, there's a guy sleeping under the sign outside. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And uh, (laughs) I got to go shoo the guy off with a gun. Uh, (laughs) I don't remember where I was going with that. I just lost my complaint (laughs) in my train of thought completely. I had a point to make, though, and it was probably a good one. So there's that. What's going on with that with that Harley Livewire? I know it didn't sell well. I know there was issue. I heard there was issues with like people being worried about getting hit by cars because it wasn't making any noise. What do you guys have? Hmm. You guys had any at the shop since you've worked? Not since you worked there, but no. 
No, I haven't seen one uh, at all. The only ones I've seen was when I was out there visiting you and we popped into the Harley shop out there. Yeah. And they had like, what, five or six of them? I don't remember how many they had, but they're not selling. I know that. I wonder what they're doing with the fucking things. I mean, could you imagine what kind of asshole on the board of Harley thought up this bullshit idea? What kind of Harley rider is going (laughs) to – I mean, the the fuel injection V-Rod, that was a stretch. And it didn't sell either, I don't think, right? Do you guys sell any of those? The V-Rods? Yeah. They they – they, as far as I, I'm pretty sure they are discontinued, they don't make them anymore. And I will tell you this coming from somebody who's ridden damn near pretty close to every make and model of bike that's out there. That is one of the most uncomfortable bikes ever. They, they're, they're terrible to ride. Uh, you know, if you want to turn it in, yeah, they're pretty ugly. Uh, the engine was designed by Porsche. I don't know if you knew that. I did. Yeah, and I said but, uh, I said that it was um I said it was fuel injected. I didn't mean fuel injected, I meant water cooled. Oh, uh, yeah. That was like their venture into it it's like the equivalent of Corvette switching from the front engine to the rear engine. Like you've got people who are just never gonna buy it because of that. But for the most part, people are okay with it because the bike I mean, because the car performs so well and way better yeah. than the one than the old Z06s. But, you know, these these V-Rods, they're like they're ugly and I didn't know they were bad to ride. You would think yeah. it's such a big bike that it would be easy to ride and smooth, but it's the it's the it's the stance, the riding position where the handlebars are to the seat, to the foot controls, everything's just weird. You feel scrunched up in your legs, but you're like stretched out in your arms um and then they just handle like dog shit. Uh, they're only good for going in a straight line. Like wow. if you want to turn it into a drag bike, cool. But uh, if you're cruising around town on that, get a Jixer. You're an idiot. <laughs> if you want a drag yeah. bike? Get a Jixer. Yeah. This bike, my Buell. When I first got it, I was used to riding my my DRZ 400 wide motocross bars, and I get on this thing, and it's got these tiny little bars, and you kind of sit a little bit forward. Have you rode my Buell before? I don't think I've ridden yours. You've ridden them before, though, so you know they're yeah, they're yeah. not uncomfortable bikes to ride. But it's not something that you're going to take to Sturgis, that's for sure. No, not at all. And especially like with your bike, you get the bubble. With this bike, you don't get yeah. the bubble, and you just nope. it beats the shit out of you. You know when I when I first got it, I had a little bit of buyer's remorse that I didn't get the twelve hundred. But it, yeah. then it was like, dude, at 90 miles an hour, this thing's almost unrideable anyways. What am I going to, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's move on. Everybody's talking about nuclear war. Oh, my God, the Russians, the Russians. You remember that, that South Park episode where – where the Russians, or where everybody was getting back into the Cold War, and Mr. Mackey was getting his Cold War gear on. Yeah, dude, it, it's just <laughs> so wild. Like, I was listening to Tim Poole talk about weapons earlier on today, and it's just like, my God, it's... I, I'm a believer in self-fulfilled prophecy, so, like, I hear these people... Tim Poole's been... I, I, I watch him for news a lot. I think he does great news. So, he does, he's he been World War Three, Civil War, all this shit for years. He just hits you with it all the time, and it's like, man, if you just if you keep talking about this shit, it's, 
in people's minds. And I, I really don't like talking about it all that much, but since we're talking about these fucking weapons, I figured I'd I'd put my two cents in because I'm a sci-fi guy, so I know about weapons, man. Real weapons. <laughs> these these nuclear weapons are old, man. This is old tech. This is this is fifties technology. We got stuff far beyond that. It, it, it's you know we got and and now we got that that pipeline bursting and and we got a you know everybody's ringing in about the pipeline. The Russians did it. The Americans did it. Israel's like, don't look over here. We're not doing anything to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I got my own theory. It was the Mexicans. <laughs> That's right. Putin sold them a, a nuclear sub with with nuclear missiles on it. They didn't work, so they bombed his pipeline on the way out. <laughs> it's as good a theory as any at this point. I mean, yeah, it, it can it can really only be the United States, Russia, or the EU. Nobody else has the, the capability to do it. And you know, we got everybody yeah. talking about. They'll shut the type. Like, let's go to Joe Biden. So this was a couple. This is a couple weeks ago uh, before the the pipeline got busted. So let's listen to Joe Biden here. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again. Then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer. A Nord Stream too. We we will bring an end to it. Oh, really? But, do, but how will you how will you do that exactly? Don't you love how she was just like went into overload? Like, cannot compute. What did you just say? And how do I how do I rephrase this question properly? <laughs> All right, let's hear him. Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. (laughs) I love it when he goes, we will, uh," and he has to stop because he knows he can't say what he would really say. He wants to just be like, he wants to just be like, look, honey, don't you worry your sweet little tits about that. Papa Joe knows how to lay pipe and he knows how to pull out when he needs to. We got this. Come over baby. here and sit on sit on Papa's lap. Let me uh, smell let me that. Tell you a little bedtime story. Let me smell that hair of yours. <laughs> oh man, he's such a creepy bastard. Oh man, I was trying to hit my. I tried to. Eh, whatever. I was trying to hit a button there, but it didn't work out well. So we're just gonna hit it again, anyways. But don't you see? That's what she was there for. That was the plan. To give you a boner. <laughs> and you got one. Congratulations, you're human. Congratulations, Joe. <laughs> uh, Did you hear that he um he thought that there was a dead person at his at his press conference last week? No. <laughs> He's like thanking people. He's like, Ah, thank you, thank you. And hey, wait a minute, what about uh, Shirley? She's supposed to be here. Yeah, she's dead, Joe. She died ten years ago. <laughs> Oh God! It's pretty wild. It's so funny that like they still refuse to acknowledge that he's gonna that he's like out of his mind. It would be so easy for like all of these left wing (laughs) comics, like all of these, uh, like Saturday Life could be great right now with them ripping on Joe, but they don't even go after him at all. Anytime they bring him up, it's just like how great is he? 
I saw like, regardless. Pic- reg- I saw a picture of like people in in uh, the studio audience of Saturday Night Live the other day, and they're all standing up. They're all wearing masks and they're all clapping. It's so fucking creepy. Just a cult. <laughs> and and they're not laughing. They're clapping because nothing they said was yeah. funny. And, and it's so funny yeah. when like. They actually do tell the joke, and it's kind of edgy. The The audience is terrified. They're like, are we allowed to laugh at this? And they, like, look around to see if anybody else is laughing. It's like, that was funny, right? And you, you heard that, too. That was a joke, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. Yeah. They're uh, waiting for that neon sign to go on laugh. Exactly. That's why it's, it's there, okay. because they have to be told. That was yeah. funny, idiot. <laughs> But yeah, man. So they're they're talking about like um, Russia's testing this this nuclear submarine that's got a nuclear torpedo, and we're gonna blow it up off the coast of England, and we're gonna send a, a tidal wave of nuclear water and drown the country and kill everybody off. And I just you know, I don't buy this shit. I think the that this is a bunch of saber rattling, and the new weapons that they have are so much more hardcore than this they could have antimatter weapons you know antimatter is just unbelievably destructible we talked about cern on here a couple weeks ago what do you think they're doing at cern they're making antimatter they tell oh we can't we Mm don't have the ability to store it yeah fucking right if they're able to Mm -hmm. make it at cern and maybe they can't store it there but if they're able to make it at cern they're able to make it and store it at lawrence livermore lab And, and you think they're going to tell us the truth? No, they don't. They don't come out with that shit until it's you know way, way, way old already. Yeah, and they're on to something bigger and better. Yeah, and you remember, I had a I had a theory about what they were going to be doing next a couple of weeks ago. This might have been on one of the lost episodes, but you kind of him hot around it on him hawed me on it but uh let's uh let's go and here's my theory well it's something we've only seen in action movies but it could really happen tonight nasa is hoping to smash a spacecraft into an asteroid nearly seven million go. miles from earth no bruce willis will not be there oh, the dart spacecraft is about the size of a vending machine and it will crash <laughs> into the 500 foot asteroid dimorphous I hope I said that right. At 14,000 miles an hour, scientists are hoping to slightly alter Dimorphos's course so that one day we could divert any asteroids heading toward Earth. Divert. We're smart divert. enough to be able to send spacecraft out there and, and displace things. Uh, so we should be testing it and making sure we can protect ourselves. Protect no ourselves. NASA officials stress that as far as they know, we are not currently in any danger of asteroids impacting currently. Earth. That's good news. The dark yeah. craft is expected yeah. to crash tonight just after 4 p.m. our time, and a live stream will be available starting at 3. I have to see this. I need to see this. this so I actually, while I was watching this video, I, I looked down at the time and I go, holy shit. This is about to happen any minute. So I clipped it live. Let's let's hear these people in their natural environment. Looks to me like we're headed straight in. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. 
how they 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 never say oh my god because none of these people believe in god and they wouldn't be caught dead saying that on a stream with their peers watching <laughs> yep. but yep. this is this is one of the things they're gonna do like it, it they make it sound stupid because these people are inept and they don't know what they're doing but you know this is not far from reality they they could steer one of these things out there and you know this mission was um this was slow man this was uh, let's see. I have my stats here somewhere. Huh. Maybe I don't have my stats here. Here we go. This was, uh, so they built this at John Hopkins Advanced Physics Lab, which is where they build the, the baddest hand in the world. Uh, DARPA did that. So this was approved in 2017 at a cost of $313 million. So you go, oh, they can't put this together at any time. These people are inept. They're maybe they're good at what they do in a in a in a tight little niche, but essentially these people are 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 morons, complete morons. But let's go uh, to somebody who's not a complete moron. Here's Elon Musk on Jay And these Leno. are all manufactured on site here? No, these, these are, are made in California. Oh, oh, these are made in California. Okay. But SpaceX. SpaceX. Yeah, I mean, you make them. Yeah, we yeah. manufacture the engine. Okay. It's the highest hammer pressure engine ever done operationally. By any standard, the most advanced engine ever made. And how quickly can you turn out one of these? We make them uh, one a day. Most one counterintuitive thing is making the rocket out of steel, probably. Yeah. We use 300 series stainless steel. Is that something you patent? No, we don't really patent things. You, patents are for the week. Yeah, you share the... <laughs> There you go. You know, the problem is, like, patents are generally used as a blocking technique. Right. They're, 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 like, using, like, landmines in warfare. <laughs> right. Uh, so they, they, they don't actually help advance things. They just stop others from following you. Um, and most, most patents are, are, are BS. There we go. But, hey, <laughs> if we really, if somebody really wanted to get this done, if somebody really wanted to, to drop an asteroid on Moscow and make it look like an accident, dude, no problem. These, these people yep. can put this shit together in no time. That, I think that's one of the reasons why they put out these videos and look so stupid because they want they don't want us to be nervous about these people. Like, oh, yeah, these people are fucking idiots. They're having a science – this is literally – it sounded like a science – more like a science fair than what you would think a NASA mission sounds like. Not professional at all. They're live streaming. Yeah. I mean, they're live streaming. <laughs> it didn't need to be on them. Why do we need to see you? We want to see the mission. We don't care about you. You people are ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the, you know, and, and then we got to wonder about like UFO tech. What kind of UFO tech did these people have? They could be doing some serious shit, man. These these little UFOs that are flying around uh, that that our fighter pilots are catching. You start putting those numbers together with a big object, and you start seeing some really really nasty weapons. If you can cancel yeah. out inertia or travel faster than light, and you can accelerate a big meteor or a big asteroid to relativistic speeds and aim it 
You take out the entire planet. You, you turn this entire planet into dust for two billion years. And if they're able to do that with these little, you know, these little UFOs, who's to say they can't do it with with something else? And, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that, like, say, I think we probably found some of these things laying around. Maybe they're alien. Maybe they're from a, uh, an older human civilization. Who knows? I hear people say a lot like, oh, well, if a. If a caveman found a cell phone, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. It would be a shiny rock. But if you mm-hmm. dropped a cell phone in Renaissance Europe, that would be a whole different story. They might be able to figure some shit out. They they yeah. would at least know that it's not a rock. And they would keep a hold of it, and they would study it, and maybe in 100 years or so, they'd, be, they'd have a decent idea. They'd have a charger. They'd be able to turn it back on or something. Yeah, You know, you, you could deduce a lot of things from an iPhone. If you it, yeah. think of what Da Vinci could have deduced from an iPhone, he could have pulled the thing apart and seen all its parts, drawn it out like he did his helicopter, and they would have deduced some serious shit from that thing. And maybe they did. Maybe they had these things for that long. But my argument would be is we could probably at this point, if we had them for that long, we're going to be able to figure out how to turn them on. We're going to probably be able to use them a little bit. We're not going to be able to reproduce them. That's going to be way down the line. But we're probably yeah. going to be able to figure these things out. And how hard would it be, say we've got one of these things that it's kind of fucking blown up. Maybe it's crashed or something like that. It's not useful anymore, and we can't do anything with it. Well, why don't we send it out into the into the Oort cloud, latch on to an asteroid. We'll make it look like it had a collision out there, and it's going to peel off, and it's going to hit Moscow. And we'll be able to steer mm-hmm. it a little bit on the way, and nobody's going to see it coming. And because of the speeds that we can accelerate and deaccelerate to, they'll never be able to see it on satellite or telescope. And we'll just... And then again, oh, 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 we don't know what happened. Oh my God, how unlucky! You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to destroy these places and kill yourself. That's what these nuclear weapons do. You still got to live on this planet, even if you kill your enemy. You're still yep. got to live on the planet. What are you going to do? Blow a nuclear torpedo up in the ocean and kill off a bunch of fish and wildlife and spread nuclear radiation across the entire planet? That's not good. Nobody. You still have to live. You still eat fish too. You know, you have kids. It's wild. Like I, I would imagine they have got some serious shit that can do a lot of damage that is not going to leave over leave leftover radiation. Yeah, it's a scary uh, thing. Very scary possibility. The ultimate is though is is uh, wormhole weapons. Wormhole weapons are you know those are you can't play around with those on a planet. Otherwise, things are going to go bad. You open up a wormhole into a star and just let it eat. You know, you open it up into a black hole, yeah. let it eat the other way, push out a solar flare, destroy an entire planet. Maybe you, uh, maybe you send it back in time to when the universe was just a, a molten plasma, hot plasma, and just let it burn, let it burn, let it burn. Mm-hmm. And one of these books that I just read, that's how they use uh, engines, spacecraft engines. They've got a wormhole. They can't transverse through it, but they can put matter through it. So they open up a wormhole to the distant past where the universe is nothing but a plasma, and then they just filter it through a through a turbine, you know, not a turbine, but a a nozzle, just like any other rocket engine. <laughs> and they can accelerate up to the speed of light, and they never have to turn off because they don't need any need any fuel. Who knows what kind of shit wow. they have? You know, Lockheed That's Martin wild. is Lockheed Martin is so far ahead of us that if we were let into Skunk Works, ha- 
most of the stuff they would show us, we pr- we probably wouldn't even know what it was. You're like, what the yeah. fuck is that? And what's it for? How did you build it? You know, it, I, I, it, it's got to be far beyond these nuclear firebombs. I, I just don't buy it. And, you know, it only takes one of those fucking things to turn off power to this entire country. And I've done a lot of reading on these things. And uh, we've done a lot of, of research on turning the power back on after a big EMP. And I can tell you, it ain't going to happen. After a couple <laughs> of weeks of the power being off in the entire country, it's never coming back on. Never. Some of these transformers are impossible to impl- to replace. They're hundreds of thousands of pounds. They are built in China. They've got to be transported on special trucks or special rail cars. And how are you going to get those things when you got no power, you got no communications, you got no radios? Your family's yeah. uh, you know, worried about the neighbors coming over. So how are you supposed to go to work as a lineman and go work on the power lines when you got to protect your family? It's it's very very likely that it'll never come back on. And at that point most of us aren't going to survive, and the ones who would d- do are going to wish they didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've got a plan for how I would survive, but to be honest, I don't think I want to survive that. I don't, you know, how long before my spinal cord stimulator turns off for good? How long before I can't get medication yeah. anymore, and I'm just yeah. in pain all the time, having to hunt, pack deer and elk down a canyon without a without a four-wheeler or anything like that it's you know it's not for most people most of us aren't going to survive it and most of us don't want to survive it it's just uh it's a a terrible terrible thing to be happening well i think that's probably about it for the night oh look at that we even nailed it right perfect last last story then we've got an update on our uh big tits teacher it was a, it was a, uh, so the, the guy was, it was, they were threatening to fire him for toxic masculinity. So he went out and got himself a big set of fake tits and went all in and now he's still employed. Oh, yeah. So congratulations <laughs> to you, sir. My hat is off. What a, and everybody got it wrong. Tucker got it wrong. Alex Jones got it wrong. I heard, a, I think Tim Poole got it wrong. The only people that got it right was the no agenda people. John C. Dvorak, he's the only one that got it right. And kudos to him. We got, now we, it's great that we, now we get to start watching out for shit like this because now all of a sudden, <laughs> and now we have to rethink everything. So like, yeah, at this point we have to rethink libs of TikTok teachers. A lot of those people aren't actual teachers. Yeah. So anyways, that is it for the night. Nolan, have yourself a good week. Thank you, everybody. Mac Dre, take us out. And after that, we can still be friends, though. And if not, we'll be friends with the endo. Romper room, kicking on in the street. Mac Dre, full of the Hennessy. 18, making rap till I'm 80, though. And too hard for the fucking radio.